Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Manifesting Book Magic with me, your host, Nicole Perella Remke. Today I'm feeling inspired. The sun is shining, and here in Washington, it is springtime. All the trees are blooming and blossoming, and it's giving me this fresh energy that I just need. The winters here are so gray and dark, and so when the sun is shining, it feels like a freaking miracle. <laughs> so I'm really motivated by the seasons, and right now, it's the beginning of a new astrological year. It's Aries season. This started a few weeks ago. And I realized that I signed up for my new writing class on the first day of Aries season. And I don't think that was a coincidence. Aries season, if you're into astrology, it's the beginning of the astrological year. It has this fire energy, this fresh momentum, this inspiration. Sometimes people call it miracle season. It's like you get this whoosh of fresh air, springtime, fresh inspiration. And I am definitely feeling that and riding that wave and letting it carry me through some of these days. So last week I started my writing class and it was amazing. My teacher, Jolie Steckley, is awesome. You can follow her on Instagram if you want. It's at Cuppa Jolie, J-O-L-I-E. And the class was on Zoom and I'm realizing, like always, there are so many advantages to Zoom because we had a student there from Alaska, a student there from Florida, and then many of us here in Washington. And she was using all of those uh, great engagement strategies that we used during remote learning last year, using the breakout rooms, using the chat, using all the features, using great visuals. and. It did. It had me engaged for three hours on Zoom. That's a big ask, but she brought it and it was awesome. So I'm going back again tonight and I have been working on my homework. We're reading this great book called Writing Picture Books, a a hands-on guide from story creation to publication by Anne Whitford Paul. And this book has been so easy to read already and it has so many gems. So I'm gonna share some of those with you today. Some of the other gems from the class that it sounds so practical and boring, but it was so helpful to me, was just the format of the manuscript. So when I say manuscript, I mean like the actual words in your book that you submit to literary agents or publishers. I had been Googling and searching on my own for like, how exactly do I submit this? What's the format? Give me the details. And in the very first class, I learned exactly what the standard manuscript format is. And that sounds so boring, but it's the kind of detail that you really just need to know. And so I learned about the one inch margins. I learned about the size 12 font, Times New Roman, the header, the page numbers, how you put the title in the middle of the page on the first page and then go down from there. So one of our first homework assignments was to type up a successful children's book that's already published in this manuscript format. And 
you indent each line. So I'm learning how to indent properly. And all of these details are so important because it makes my work look professional. If I know the standard format when I'm submitting it, it looks like I know what I'm doing and it looks professional. I don't look like a newbie or a novice and that is what I need. I don't want to waste my time making these rookie mistakes. So I am learning so much from her and it is awesome. So part of our homework is to read at least five children's book, five children's books a week. And I already do this reading bedtime stories to my daughter, but now it's different because I'm keeping a log. I'm keeping a log of the title, the author, the publisher, if I can find the literary agent that worked on it, and the year of publication. And the challenge is to read books that were published in the last five years. Because like in any industry, there are trends and there are patterns and themes that pop up. So I wanna be familiarizing myself with what's going on now. What types of books are publishers interested in now? What types of books are selling? What types of books are people needing? So this whole first part of the class is becoming an expert on the industry, on what's being published, and learning from these successful authors so far. And I've been having so much fun with it. And I immediately took my own manuscript and put it in the correct format. So I have that to share in class tonight and it feels like a huge step in a positive direction. So that feels really, really good to me. Some of the other things that I've been learning from our book is that when you're writing a children's book, you have two audiences in mind. One, of course, is the child. So you're writing a book for someone who can't read yet. Weird, right? So that's why the pictures are so important. The pictures can tell the, their own storyline. And sometimes the pictures reveal information or details that are not even explicitly stated in the words. And those are some of my favorite books where the picture is really funny, but the words didn't even mention anything about that. So you've got this cool storyline happening with the words and then a parallel storyline happening with the pictures. And the pictures are often what draw in those early readers that can't read words yet. So one audience is the child or the children, the kids, the students. The other audience that you have to appeal to are the adults, the parents, the teachers, the grandparents, the librarians that are the ones reading the books to the kids. I mean, this makes perfect sense here. And these adults want books that are easy to read. And when I say read, it also means like perform because reading a book aloud is like a performance. And so I've been reading and learning about how to make this fun, how to make the reading or the performance of the book really engaging and enticing. And there's like a lyrical element to it where it, things can repeat. They don't have to rhyme, but sometimes they do, but it's almost musical in quality. And so you have these two audiences and everyone that I talk to that's a parent or an adult is like, oh my God, please do not make the story too long. <laughs> We don't want to spend, you know, 20 minutes on one story. That's just too much. And I totally relate. We've all done it where you're tired. It's bedtime. 
and you just grab like three or four pages at once and do that nice little flip <laughs> so that you can get to the end of the story faster, right? We've all done it. Sometimes kids notice, sometimes they don't. Sometimes you have to say, oops, oh, I'm so sorry, I skipped a page. <laughs> oh my gosh, those are the most funny moments. But yes, so I hear from a lot of adults, don't make the story too long. So really keeping that in mind, and I've been learning that the typical storybook is about 32 pages long. If you go beyond that, it's in chunks of eight, eight pages. And not every page has words, but that's the typical amount. And it costs publishers more to add more pages. So we wanna keep it right around 32 pages. And each age group has a certain recommended number of words or the word count. So all these details are being broken down for me and I am just absorbing it and soaking it in like a sponge. Another thing in this book that really resonated with me is that children's books usually have children solving their own problems. And that is something about my own manuscript that I want to adjust because in my manuscript, I'm the one giving Sophie these headphones. I'm like the all-knowing adult sort of solving her problem. So I want to adjust my own story based on this information to make it so that she is her own problem solver. And that was a big takeaway for me. The other things it mentions in here, children, have had very few experiences. So a lot of things in books are exposing them to new things they've never even heard of. And next week we're going on a plane ride for the first time for Sophie. And there's so many elements to this that are new and I'm preparing her for, like popping your ears on a plane. I wanna write a book about that. I'm sure some exist. I'm gonna be checking them out from the library today. But like every new experience, brings questions and ideas and until you live it you just don't know and kids are so little there's no possible way for them to know all these things so books give them that little taste that little preview and that preview and that preparation can really reduce their anxiety help them feel calm and prepared to be able to handle these new situations better and in my work at school and with social emotional learning, that's one of the best things we can do for kids is to give them all the information, even the minutia, all the little details they might need to know, over talk it through, over prepare them. They're gonna have questions. They're gonna wanna be involved. They want to solve their own problems and they want to know what to expect. So books are so valuable in this way. It also has as one of the points, you know, children have strong emotions and they can be strong emotions about things that don't feel important to us as adults, but they are so important to kids. Like if your favorite shirt is dirty, ah, that can be a disaster. That can be a catastrophe and you can have major feelings about that. And it talks about a book specifically about that. Um, Nuffle Bunny. A Cautionary Tale by Mo Willems. This is when someone was losing their favorite toy or misplaced their favorite toy. We're so quick to say, oh, I'll get you a new toy or here, take this toy instead. No, that's just washing over the feelings. <laughs> 
and kids need to be heard and understood for these big feelings. I'm just like learning so much from this book. That's really what I wanna share with you guys. I'm learning so much. I'm feeling so excited and so inspired and I can't wait to do my homework. <laughs> so anyway, that's my update. I don't know if that was helpful or not. I hope it was. I'm feeling really eager to share more with you, really eager to learn really eager to put all of these pieces into practice with my own first manuscript and submit to some more publishers and literary agents. At this point, I've decided to focus all of my energy on this class and wait until the class is over to submit to more agents and publishers because I'm learning so much every single week. I want to get all of this learning into a nice, beautiful package, get that feedback from my teacher, get that feedback from the other students, and then submit again. So like always, I'm giving myself permission to do that, permission to take things one step at a time, permission to adjust my goals and adjust my timeline. And I wanna give you that permission as well. How can you keep moving forward, hold yourself accountable, and give yourself the freedom to adjust and pivot and change as needed. We all need that confirmation, that permission, that validation, and we can give it to ourselves. And I'm giving that to you. So like always, thank you for being here with me today. If this resonated with you, give me that five-star review or rating, subscribe, share this with a friend. I know so many people that want to write books or create new masterpieces to share with the world. Share this with them so they can be inspired and be part of the journey. Thank you for being here and I'll catch you next time.